What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dr. Joey Munoz Show. I just finished recording an episode with Zach Cohen, also known as the CEO of Affordable Meal Prep. Zach is actually one of the first friends that I met um, when I started doing this whole social media content stuff. Um, we met at the Mr. Olympia show in Orlando, Florida. And I actually just found out that we live in the same city. I had no clue. Uh, go figure. Anyways, Zach makes some really, really cool content on social media, really practical, really implementable. He shares a ton of meal prep ideas, the CEO of Affordable Meal, meal Prep. And uh, the really cool thing about him is that he uses everyday ingredients, right? I think a lot of the stuff I see on social media that I don't like when it comes to like preparing healthy recipes or meal prepping, it's that it's so unrealistic. People use all of these ingredients that like none of us have at home, right? Uh, super expensive, perhaps all organic X, Y, Z, right? And Zach doesn't do any of that. Zach keeps it real. He uses everyday affordable ingredients and teaches you how to still stay on top of your nutrition and make healthy food choices and still have an overall very nutritious and healthy diet. I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. With that being said, if you enjoy this show, I really appreciate if you took some time to leave a rating on the podcast and leave a review if you've been a longtime listener. Uh, I laugh and take a second because I obviously say that every single episode. In addition to that, if you guys have been listening to this show for a while, enjoy the content, are really trying to improve your health and fitness, build muscle, uh, improve your body composition, and you feel like you need help, feel free to reach out to me. I feel like this is obvious, but I know that some of you guys don't know this. I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, right? I coach people to help them improve their health and their fitness and help them achieve their dream body. So if you feel like you've been stuck, you're putting in all this effort and aren't making progress, you don't know what you're doing wrong, and you need some help, let's connect. The inquiry is actually in the description of the podcast. Or you can head over to my website, fitforlifeacademy.help. That's fit for the number four, life, L-I-F-E, academy.health, H-E-L-T-H. Anyways, with that being said, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Zach, my man, what's up, dude? How are you doing? All right, man. How's it going? Doing good. I love that we are faking the intro again. Yeah. Zach and I have been having uh, some technical difficulties, but I think we've got it figured out now. Yeah. Um, but awesome, man. Appreciate you being here today. Uh, the first recording, we were just talking about how you and I met at the Olympia. What was it? Probably like two years ago now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been really really cool to see all your success on social media you're freaking killing it dude yeah i appreciate it man i think back when we met there i was just starting out maybe i was you know six months into it or whatever so um i watched a lot of your content obviously follow you know the whole bio lane team and all that stuff at the time so yeah yeah dude your content is um really cool because unlike the content that i produce and many of the other people in our field it's just like education Mm -hmm. And your, your stuff is super practical, right? With like, yeah. obviously you do, you do some education as well, but you're known as being the meal prep guy, right? Yeah. And um, you share some really cool recipes that help people stay on top of their nutrition in a really simple, um, affordable, mm -hmm. and still healthy way, right? Yeah. And I think what you do that's really cool too is like you use ingredients and stuff that people may think like, oh, that's not healthy. Yeah. Right? 
and it's like, hey, man, like you can incorporate these things like they're really not that bad for you. We'll talk about all those things in a second. But how'd yeah. you get how'd you get into the field? What's your background in? So I actually come from a military background. I did. Um, okay. I, I spent most of my uh, adult life in the military. I did six years active duty. And then when I separated, I went over to Iraq and Afghanistan as a uh, army contractor and then a Marine contractor. Um, so I jumped around, you know, Middle East overseas for, you know, seven, eight years. And um, I, I realized I, I wanted to change. I've always been into kind of, you know, health and fitness, just uh, just being in the military. It's kind of, you know, inherent. Uh, a lot of us yeah. work out, you know, um, but it kind of transitioned uh, once I, uh, I had a battle with cancer. And um, it just really opened my eyes to, um, you know, just a lot of things, uh, how many people struggle with their health. And, um, you know, it just really wanted me, it, it made me want to shift my focus somewhere else and do something that I felt was meaningful. Um, and uh, I got into dietetics, went to school and, uh, you know, I, I had aspirations to work at a hospital, hopefully uh, like a cancer center or something like that. Um, you know, I, I did some of my internship at Moffitt Cancer Center uh, here in Tampa. And I really liked it. You know, it, it hit close to home for me. And, um, you know, the social media thing just kind of took my my career into a, a, a different direction. Hold up, dude. Did you just say here in Tampa, like you live here in Tampa? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I live here in Tampa. Yeah, I know you do. Dude, I didn't know you do. Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in Wesley Chapel. Yeah. What are we doing, man? I know. <laughs> what are the odds? I know. We should be doing this in person. Right? Dude, yeah. that's so funny. We'll definitely connect after this. I had no yeah, clue, for sure. I literally yeah. had no clue. But that's cool. That's that's fantastic. There's actually a lot of people in our space here in Tampa. Yeah. I've met a couple of people even just at the gym who have recognized me from social media and stuff. And then I looked them up and, and they were in the same space, which is really cool. Yeah, I did a um, a podcast with uh, Mike Matthews, the the owner yeah. of Legion. Yeah, he's he's here in Florida. I think he's in Ocala, but, you know, it's not far away. Yeah, so. What? Dude, yeah, it's funny. I had I had like no clue at all. Yeah. <laughs> but that's cool, man. I, I did not know that you uh previously had cancer. How old when you how old were you when when you went through that? Uh so I was 25 when I was diagnosed. Um, oh wow. So, you know, still pretty young, but it was a, it was a rare type of cancer for my age. Um it was osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer, and um the Typically, people are diagnosed with osteosarcoma from what the doctors tell me is when your bones are forming or they are deteriorating. So very young age or very old age. Uh, so to see it at my age uh, was kind of rare. Um, you know, I had people coming in from New York doctors, you know, telling me I'll be in a book, you know, a medical book, medical journal someday um, just because my my case was so heavily studied. Um, but, yeah, wow. I, I battled it for about a year and a half. Yeah. Wow, dude, I had no clue. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I I know a little bit about some specific cancers. Obviously, I didn't study cancer in depth, but mm -hmm. um, that's crazy, man. I'm happy yep. that obviously you beat it and everything's good. Um, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, what I wanted to ask you regarding uh, going to dietetics, mm -hmm. what turned you away from being in the hospital setting and working in the hospital setting and perhaps going into entrepreneurship, starting your own business, doing social media and all that stuff? Um, so there was kind of a life-changing event, uh, with, uh, my wife and I, we, we decided after we graduated, before we actually started our jobs, it was going to, you know, pin us down and, and keep us, you know, stationary in one spot. 
we actually bought a van. Uh, we sold everything we own, bought a van, and we converted it into a camper van. And uh, cool. we, we lived on the road for almost two years, traveling the U.S. and just living a very minimalist lifestyle. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it really kind of made me think of ways that I could work on the road, um, you know, not be stuck in one place. And, um, you know, we get caught up in this nine to five lifestyle. And, um, you know, once I started post posting on social media, um, I did it as a means of income. I was doing coaching at the time, just a way to advertise my coaching. And as I saw how many people were affected and helped by my content, it really made me want to shift focus from the one-on-one -on -one coaching to full-time content creation. Mm. I, I love, I love coaching. I love one-on-one -on -one coaching. I love that, you know, that, that personalization that comes along with it, getting to know your clients and, um, you know, seeing them grow right in front of you. Um, but seeing thousands of people come and comment and say, you know what, your content has changed my relationship with food. I'm the healthiest I've ever been. And I'm eating Doritos and pizza and cheeseburgers and mm -hmm. Halloween candy because of you know, the, the content that you post. Um, you know, it really makes me realize that I can impact thousands, maybe one day millions with my content versus, you know, a handful every month. Yeah, no, it's a really good feeling. It is a really yeah. good feeling when you get positive feedback on the stuff that you do. Yeah, and then it's sure. hilarious when you have the charlatans commenting random, random yeah. stuff, right? <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. So I, I do pretty much exclusively one-on-one -on -one coaching right now. And mm -hmm. my whole perspective is like, I definitely want to continue doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. I think long-term, I definitely want to minimize the amount of one-on-one -on -one coaching mm -hmm. uh, that I do. And I'm launching a couple things soon, hopefully uh, a course, which is an in-depth course on my entire like health and fitness philosophy, right? When it comes yeah. to mindset, having a habit-based approach, nutrition, environment and lifestyle, exercise and everything. Um, so that'll kind of serve as like a, a roadmap or a blueprint. Yeah. So I'm excited to launch that. Um, I'm hoping in January. That, yeah, Fingers that'll be crossed. nice. That's it, actually it, the first time I'm mentioning it on. You know, podcast, and I feel like so. most people, that's just that's what they need. They need that that blueprint. Um, just because, especially in today's society, like even if you have an idea of where to start, the minute you open TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. You're bombarded with all of this misinformation and just diet culture rhetoric. And yeah. it, the little bit that you thought you knew about nutrition, all that goes out the window when you see, you know, actual doctors promoting these, you know, detoxes and cleanses and, you know, avoid yeah. all this, you know, food group or, you know, whatever it is. And it, it's, it's really confusing. So I think a lot of people just need to know where to start. They just need that, that guidance. So, you know, I think that's important. Yeah, totally. So I'm I'm really excited to to launch that and share it with the public. And I'm also working on a, a membership that's more of like a a training focused membership where okay. we'll get workouts on a regular basis, access to a community. But in addition, the whole thing is to work on healthy habits on top of your training. Yeah. Right. So healthy habits that'll promote a healthy body composition and health overall. Yeah. I'm excited for those things, man. So how do you monetize your um, audience now? What did you uh, transition from? Like uh, so pushing to what do you do now mainly? Yeah. So when I got on TikTok, I would see these videos of people saying, you know, oh, I, you know, I paid my college tuition with the TikTok creator fund. And, you know, there's this big misconception that you're going to, you know, once you have a million followers, you're going to be, yeah, you know, this, you know, millionaire on TikTok. I think yeah. to this day in the last 
almost three years of creating TikTok uh, content, I've made maybe $3,000 from the creator fund. So, you know, spread across three years, you know, 3,000 yeah. more than, you know, I'm not complaining, but it's yeah. definitely not gonna, not gonna pay the bills. Um, so ironically, I actually, uh, back when I had a few hundred thousand followers, um, I have a, an amazing community on TikTok. They're very, um, they've gotten to know me, I've gotten to know them. And I posted a, a, a pretty vulnerable uh, video for my followers. And I asked them if they knew a way I could transition from one-on-one coaching to full-time content creation. And in the comments, a bunch of people were saying, oh, you would do really good on Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. I had never heard of Patreon, you know, mm. maybe I'm just old, you know, out of the loop, whatever. Um, so I looked it up and that's what I do now. So, uh, I, cool. instead of releasing a physical cookbook, I use Patreon as my living, breathing cookbook. I update it every single week with brand new recipes, uh, that are exclusive for my Patreon, uh, members. And, oh, um, cool. you know, I'm very interactive with them. Uh, it's a way they can communicate with me one-on-one while still getting that exclusive content, you know, and it's five bucks a month. And the reason I shifted away from physical cookbooks was, you know, I could release a cookbook and sell it for, you know, 50 bucks. The minute you buy it, it's outdated because I update my yeah. recipe book weekly. So you would constantly have to be buying cookbooks. It's much cheaper just to pay the $50 yearly membership. And you'll have access to all of that stuff every single week as it comes out. So, dude, that's it's so cool how many opportunities there are online if you're creative. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. I'm really happy that that worked out for you, dude. You, I'm gonna have to pick your brain on TikTok because I have a total of 700 followers on TikTok. Are you serious? Yeah, and I just take my videos and like post them again on TikTok, but they get like 200 views. Yeah, yeah, TikTok. It's I don't know, man. It's it, it's yeah. it's hard to figure you know, out. I've talked sure. to uh, Doctor Ids a good amount, who I know he's a, he's a mutual friend. Um, yeah, and he he says the same. Obviously, he has what like four million followers and like that. And he's just like he's like, dude, I, I really don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I've asked him for the same thing. I'm like, man, like my videos do well on Instagram, you know, and like I'm growing there consistently. And then like I just post them again on TikTok and they get 200 views. I don't know. I think it's, and I could be wrong here, but I started my account a long time ago, mm -hmm. posted a little bit, and then I just stopped using it for months. Yeah. yeah. And then I picked it up again, and then it was like super, super slow, like 100 views, something like that. And then I posted a video that got taken down. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that affects reach. And then ever since, it's kind of, you know, like maybe every 10 videos, I'll have one video that gets like a couple thousand views, maybe four. Yeah, honestly, you might just benefit from, I've seen people uh, kind of hit that, you know, that stagnant level. And um, they delete their accounts, start a new one, and they blow up. Um, yeah. I, I've heard a rumor that, you know, and again, nobody knows TikTok. Um, I've heard that they kind of heat new accounts to kind of keep them involved. Um, mm. Just for, you know, I, I was in Japan uh, earlier this year, I think, and I met a guy that works for TikTok. And he works for TikTok, and he doesn't even know how the algorithm works and stuff so they they keep it pretty close to their chest so yeah yeah i need to crack that code man yeah. because <laughs> it's such a big opportunity on there right uh but anyways let's talk a little bit about meal prep specifically mm -hmm. um because meal prepping i think is one of those recommendations that as a coach or just somebody helping people like that's one of the first things you probably talk about right yep. like hey you need to prioritize this stuff and you need to plan ahead of time mm -hmm. right so maybe talk a little bit to the audience in terms of like, what is the importance of meal prepping? And then what are some ways that 
you know, I guess the most important part is like, what are some ways to make meal prep as easy as possible? Because like, I think that's the imaginary hurdle that people experience. Yeah. Like, oh, like I don't have time to prepare all my food for the week. First off, it's not necessary to prepare food for the whole week, right? Yeah, and two, yeah. there's some really useful strategies to make it pretty simple. Yeah, I think the biggest hurdle with meal prep probably is um, it's just overwhelming. Um, just like with anything in health and fitness, I think a lot of people just, they envision all of these things, all of these changes that they have to do all at once. Um, I think yeah. that's why so many uh, New Year's resolutions fail. Um, and I've talked about this with some of my content. It You know, when you start on your health and fitness journey, so many people just create these unrealistic expectations where, you know, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. I'm going to meal prep yeah. all of my meals. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to drink. You know, they, they set all of these goals instead of just setting small, sustainable goals. So if you're just starting out, I always recommend just pick one meal, one meal, whether it's your breakfast, your lunch, or your dinner, pick one meal to meal prep. Once you get that, you know, down pat and you just feel like, okay, you know, today's meal prep day, throw in a second meal, you know, and, and some people, they, they're fine just meal prepping one, one meal, uh, for the week. Most of the time it's lunch because, um, you know, breakfast is usually easy for a lot of people. They yeah. you know, eat some oatmeal, drink a protein shake, you know, whatever it is. And dinner is usually reserved for, you know, family time. They eat dinner with the family. Nobody's going to sit there and pull out their meal prep while, they, you know, the rest of the family's eating. Um, so I think lunch is very important. It's probably the biggest meal I would recommend meal prepping yeah. because most people fail on their diets because their options at work. Like we know the peer pressure of, you know, Bob comes in, Hey, we're going down to Chili's, you know, to grab some lunch, you know, and yeah. if you don't bring that lunch, you're more prone to go with them. And not that there's anything wrong with eating out, but a lot of times the portion sizes, the calories, yeah. it's not really conducive to your goals. Um, yeah. so if you have that meal prep ready, you know, it's sitting there, you know, you look forward to eating it. You're, you know, more likely going to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to pass this time. I brought my lunch. So I think starting with one meal for the week is very important. Yeah, that's a great tip, man. And I, I love that you pointed out, like, there's nothing wrong with eating out. It just makes yeah. it like so much more difficult to actually stay on track. Right. Mm -hmm. And even with a lot of my clients, um, we talk about these things where like, we'll talk about different modifications you can make when eating out, right? Super simple stuff. Like yeah. focus on whole foods rather than the mixed meal. Cause it's harder to guesstimate what's in there. Get some protein, get some veggies, whatever. But even then, like, it's just, I guess the, the idea of making the things you need to do as frictionless as possible, yeah, right? Like if absolutely. you go out to eat, even if you know the stuff that you should be doing, you're still tempted. Right. And if you're somebody who struggles with that, it might be more difficult. And yes, do, making modifications when you eat out is good. But if you eat out every single day, then we can argue that that makes it even more difficult, mm -hmm. even if you're trying to make those modifications, right? And simply just planning ahead of time, making some meals, maybe once a week, is such a good idea. And I love what you brought up of just starting with one of your meals. That's, it's so funny because I guess it goes back to like the all or nothing mentality. It's like, I either don't do it or I do every single meal for every single day forever, right? Yep. And it's not either or. I think the, the best recommendation, the same thing I share is like, think about your day and where in your day do you struggle most, mm -hmm. right? Because for some people, it might be breakfast, Yeah. right? Some people might need to get out of the door like immediately as soon as they wake up and having something ready might be helpful. For, mm -hmm. I guess for most people, it is lunch, right? Because lunch, you're at work. Or even if like, I don't know, 
if you work from home, it's easy to order something because nothing is right. ready or whatever it is, right? So I think that idea of starting with lunch is fantastic. And then one thing that I do too, and I actually recently finished putting together a meal prep guide. And it's oh, not okay. recipes. It's just like an instructional or educational guide on how to think about meal prepping. Okay. Right. And it's like what kind of foods to prep, uh, what should your plate look like? Uh, what kind of equipment to use to make it as like easy as possible. Right. Okay. And the one thing that I do that I think is the easiest thing in the world is not prepping like actual individual meals, which is what people mm -hmm. think of when they think meal prep. Like, oh, I need to have 20 different Tupperwares and put the amount of protein in this and that. And like what ingredient I prepping? Yeah. I just, I just okay. cook one or two carbs. Honestly, the carb sources I never really cook because they're so easy to put together. Yeah. Um, but I always have like one or two veggie sources cooked and one or two protein sources cooked. And I just have them mm -hmm. like a, in a huge Tupperware. I just keep it in yep. the fridge. I work from home. So I just serve myself here for lunch easily. But even that makes it even easier. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and, and the one recommendation I make is like really plan it out ahead of time. So you only have to use one or two different cooking methods too. Mm -hmm. So it's simple, right? Like yeah. for veggies, I buy frozen mixed veggies. That's another tip. Like just buy stuff that's frozen. Yep. It makes it so much easier. Throw it on a sheet pan, throw some seasoning on it, pop it in the oven. Boom. It's done. Yep. actual prep time actual work maybe five minutes yeah right uh for people who don't have a backyard that sucks but i grill pretty much all my meat right so it's easy to throw on there like five six seven pounds of chicken cut it up put it in a tupperware that'll last me the whole week and it might take yeah. me you know 30 minutes of time total do you do something similar to that as well uh yeah i actually did a video on how to just throw a, a big ass pack of chicken in the crock pot just let it cook down, shred it, divide that up. And it, we're all about convenience nowadays. Yeah. You can literally walk into the seasoning aisle and there's hundreds of different seasonings. Like you don't have yeah. to, you know, create your own, like McCormick's does really good uh, seasoning packets. You know, there's a bunch of different ones. You can divide that chicken into, you know, different big Tupperware containers, season one with ranch, one with buffalo sauce, one with, mm -hmm. you know, parmesan garlic whatever it is and that really i like the ingredient prepping because that battles the people that say you know i really don't want to eat the same meal every day yeah and that's that's another big hurdle for meal prep is a lot of people just don't want to eat the same thing every single day um you know we're we're creatures of variety and um you know doing it that way you can have this flavored chicken this day this flavored chicken this day this flavored you know so you can alternate yeah, totally. And um, yeah, it's funny because I don't know, sometimes I just want to say like, listen, you can't have everything your way. You kind of yeah. like, there's some sacrifice you got to make, right? Yeah. You got to be okay yeah. eating the same lunch twice in a row. But yeah, yeah, there is, there is a, there are some simple strategies to get some variety, right? That's one of the reasons too, while I'll have different veggies and different proteins, because I can mix and match and it gives me some sense of variety. And then I always recommend just having zero calorie uh, sauces as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can yep add different types of sauces, make it taste differently. It, it doesn't have to be difficult. And what you mentioned about convenience is such a great point. Um, that's another thing people think. They're like, oh, if I'm meal prepping, it's like everything from scratch. It's going to take right. so long. Yep. And you can buy like 70 or 80% of your stuff frozen, canned. Mm -hmm. Like yep. it, it's, it's not difficult, right? The idea that canned veggies or canned stuff is 
worse than fresh because right. of the sodium and preservatives. Listen, could you make some argument that maybe it's slightly worse for you? Sure. Yeah. But if eating canned veggies gets you to eat veggies, <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the thing that people don't think about. And again, it's the all or nothing. It's like I'm I'm if I'm gonna eat vegetables, it has to be fresh. And for, for fresh veggies, I have to go to the grocery stores, get them. They only last a couple of days. I have to cut them, I have to prep them. It's like it becomes a mission, right? Like, yeah, just grab a can of beans, grab a, a a bag of frozen mixed veggies. That's one thing that I really talked about in the in the guide is like buy stuff frozen. Mm-hmm. It helps so much. And one really one big misconception that people have is that like again, frozen isn't as good for you. And frozen veggies and frozen fruits in many ways are superior yeah. to, to fresh because they're yeah. they're actually frozen like at the peak of the season, highest yeah, nutritional exactly. value. Freezing also helps retain nutrients, right? So frozen is definitely the way to go. And I bunch buy a bunch of protein sources too that are frozen and pretty much just need to be microwaved, right? So like meal prep can really, really be as simple as just buying yeah. stuff that frozen. It, it, it doesn't have to be make every single meal in an individual container, think it out and spend yeah, an hours each week. I, th- I think too many people, they, you know, they overanalyze things. Um, it really comes out uh, when I was in school, I, I had this great professor and he told us, uh, he, he used this line that really sticks with me to this day. He was talking about the hospital setting, but uh, he was saying when a patient comes in, we always treat the most severe condition first. And he said, what's gonna kill them first? Um, and I always think about that with, you know, ev- everything health and nutrition related. Um, you know, if somebody is morbidly obese and have all these, you know, uh, conditions that come along with it, worrying about the, the sodium content in something or, you know, not being able to eat carbs, you know, all these little things that people try yeah. to push with diet culture. If you just focus on the big picture, all of that other stuff w- will work itself out. You know, it, it's. It's paralysis by analysis. If you overanalyze all of these other things, you'll never get started. You know, just find meals that you look forward to eating. If it has, you know, I I use Doritos in some of my, you know, dishes. You know, I just did a Dorito casserole. And the amount of hate and just negativity that I get in the comments, just people not understanding what balanced nutrition is. You know, it's, it's okay to eat Doritos. You can still be the healthiest version of yourself while still enjoying things like Doritos, you know, it's, it's all about finding meals that you actually want to eat to keep it sustainable. Yeah. I was going to ask you about what kind of feedback you get, because I'm sure it's all over the, yeah. But, um, you know, it's funny that you brought up the whole analysis by or paralysis by analysis thing. And people focus on all of these million small little variables, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was just thinking back to what I was writing for my course. And when I start talking about the nutrition section, I, I literally wrote out I am only going to focus on the things that you need to do. There are some general rules that you should focus on. If I do not cover it, it is not important. Yeah. And then I made a whole list of like, should you low carb, intermittent fasting? I'm like, if you have any of these questions, if I do not cover it, it does not matter. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. People get the point because it is impossible to address every single yeah. claim, right? Like yeah. it would just be impossible. And people focus on those things so much, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dude, so talking about diet culture, because I think this is an important topic to talk about, right? And it's cool because your content and the recipes that you shared definitely break a lot of the uh, paradigms or thoughts behind like healthy eating. 
Yeah. And if you look at a lot of other, because yes, your channel and your page is like a nutrition page, but it's also like a cooking page. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you look at other cooking pages, they're like one of two things. One, they're like dope chefs making some dope ass recipes. Yeah. Right. And then there's the people that are like, eat this healthy meal. And it's just like all organic, this, that, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So you're kind of like uniquely positioning yourself. Right. But I can only imagine like the kind of feedback you get on a regular basis. What are some of the the, the most common things you hear? So I, I really think that society in general, whether it's, you know, tr- nutrition related or anything else, like any, any topic, uh, we suffer from the all or nothing mentality. Yeah. And I, I started doing these comparison videos uh, like last year sometime. And I'll take two products and I'll have like a box over it. And I will only share the calories and macros of each individual product. And I will have the viewer pick which one they would choose if they were trying to eat healthier, lose weight, you know, whatever. So typically somebody is going to go with something that is lower calorie. Um, Today's society will almost always pick the lower carb option. um, And then you obviously usually want to go with the higher protein option. So when I do the reveal, it's usually the opposite. You know, and um, I remember I did one comparing a Reese's to a uh, like a Larbar. It's like a healthy. Yes, bar. I know what a Larbar is. And yeah, they were it. very similar in macros. Like I, I want to say they were identical. And the amount of hate, like not only the read the ingredients, uh, you know, crowd came out of uh, the woodworks, but, um, you know, just people saying this dietitian is telling people to eat nothing but Reese's. That's not what I'm saying at all. You know, I, I just tried to teach people that it's okay to eat these things in moderation as part of a balanced diet and active lifestyle, you know, so it's not really quick. Sorry to interrupt you, but not only is it okay, it should be part of. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's the, it's literally the only way to actually have sustainability long-term because you're not realistically going to avoid these things forever. Right. Right. I think it takes a very like special kind of person. I'll say to never eat like x food or whatever right so like most people they're on plan they tell themselves they can't eat these foods and then they have a reese's and they're like well i guess i'm not on plan anymore yeah yeah and then, exactly. so like all of the healthy stuff they worked on they're just like boom forget that i'm back to the, the exact stuff i used to do before and it's yep. like you said the all or nothing mentality it's like no why don't you just like include some of those foods and still focus on the healthy behaviors that you've been implementing and that's yeah. really when those two things like match that's when you make some really good sustainable progress yeah, you know, I, I'm, I've talked to so many of my followers that really suffer from the restrict and binge cycle. And, you know, yeah. it's a very serious, not only, uh, you know, physical setback, but mentally. It, it really starts totally. to like just destroy your relationship with food to where you start to view these foods as like the worst thing you could be doing <laughs> in your life, you know. And, and like you said, you know, when you restrict something so long, even if, even if I was restricting, you know, candy for, you know, months at a time. Even if I just ate one mentally, I might tell myself, wow, I just screwed up. I failed. I'm yeah. a failure. I suck at this. I'm never going to lose weight. Uh, this is why I don't try to diet, you know, and yeah. I just revert back to, you know, old habits because I've given up or you just go off the deep end and you say, man, I've, I haven't had this in so long. I forgot how good it tastes. I don't know the next time I'm going to have this. Let me eat the entire bag, you know, and you've restricted so long that you just binge you lose control are you tired of spending countless hours grocery shopping cooking and preparing your meals i get it time is precious and that's where icon meals comes into play i've partnered with icon meals to bring you delicious 
macro-friendly, and high-protein meals that will make it easier than ever for you to achieve your fitness goals. I understand that you may have hesitations over the cost of a meal prep service compared to cooking food at home. But let's face it, how often do you spend more money eating out because you didn't have time to prepare your food at home anyways? With Icon Meals, you not only save time, but you invest in your health. These meals are carefully crafted to be healthier and more in line with your fitness goals than most of the food that you eat out anyways. So why wait? Visit iconmeals.com and explore their wide array of mouth-watering meals. And as a special bonus for listening to this podcast, use code JOSEPH10 at checkout for a special discount off of your order. By the way, you can find all of the necessary links in the description of this podcast. Don't let time be a barrier to your success. Choose Icon Meals and fuel your journey towards a healthier, fitter you. Yeah, and people like you and I have seen this time and time again. It's like, it's crazy to think that people behave that way, but people do behave that way. And I used yeah. to see it, I've seen it with clients and I've seen it with personal friends of mine too. Like this isn't even just about like professional relationships, but close friends of mine. I'm mm -hmm. thinking about a friend in particular who in college was uh after, this was after college, grad school. He was gaining some weight over time and he was like, um, I'm just going to eat really, really clean and really strict throughout the week and I'm going to have one cheat day a week. Mm -hmm. And this is why I hate the idea of cheat days. Like he just kept gaining weight because he would go so hard on his yeah. cheat days. He would go so hard on his cheat days, yeah. you know? And it's like, it just defeats the entire purpose. And it's not a healthy way of eating either, right? Like, right. Because the the whole idea, I think the idea of having a cheat day encourages the thought process that you just mentioned of like, well, I'm not going to be able to eat these things for another week, mm -hmm. right? So I'm just going to go really hard today. And I think part of it comes down to, to like not having a basic understanding of how weight gain works and all that yeah. stuff. And it's not just about eating healthy for X amount of days. Like quantity really matters. But it is more difficult when you have those types of, of behaviors. Um, I just started working with a client, a new client about two weeks ago and her weight has been slowly steadily coming down she's trying to lose some weight and she just messaged me and, and it started you know people tend to have unrealistic expectations of like mm -hmm. how much they can achieve in a certain period of time and people also have this idea that reaching a certain goal should be very hard yeah right and that part is important to talk about because i think in reality with any like health related goal or any goal in particular if you can make it easier you're more likely to enjoy the process, adhere to what you need to do, and then maintain the goal, right? Mm -hmm. And so my whole approach when I start working with someone, it's let's identify literally two to three small habits that will give you the biggest return on investment because you're not focusing on these things at the moment. Yeah. And let's just work on those small habits. Like for a lot of people, it's starting to track their calories and maybe focusing on protein, right? Some small mm -hmm. things. And training, but I don't count training as one of the habits because I'm, I, everybody has a baseline training program, right? And so... We started two weeks ago, we identified some habits and she's just been executing on her habits and she sent me a message and she was like, I feel like this is too easy. Literally was what the message said. She, she was like, should I be focusing on eating specific foods? Should I be eating at certain times? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I wonder if my clients feel like it's a cop-out response because they don't know me much. We just started working together. Yeah. Because um, I just say like, like, no, like, no, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. It's like, no, just do not worry about those things. Yeah. Just worry about the things you have to do. Don't make it more difficult than it has to be, man. Yeah. Um, I have no clue why why people think that that is, though. Yeah, I'm, I think it really just circles back around to diet culture, man. Like, there's yeah. so much misinformation out there. Like, it's 
it's to the point where I would say the majority of the population thinks that it's carbs that make you fat. Like there are so many calorie deniers out there that like just don't understand the basics of human metabolism, nutrition, you know, whatever it is, like a good portion of the population, you, you see it in movies, TV shows, like, you know, oh, you want some bread? No, I'm watching my weight you know, but you're sitting there eating all this other stuff, drinking alcohol, you know, doing all these other things that have yeah. tons of calories in them, but you're passing on the bread because the bread, you know, equates the carbs. And, you yeah. know, I just think that especially with the rise of social media, all of that misinformation just gets regurgitated. Somebody sees something from a doctor slash chiropractor and they think, well, you know, this doctor said X, Y, and Z, it must be true. And, you yeah. know, I see, I see it in the comment section all the time. Like there's, there's people that demonize oatmeal now because a few carnivores came out and said that oatmeal is the worst thing you can eat for breakfast, you know, it's and peasant it's, food and I'm not a peasant. Yeah. It's peasant food, you know? Well, you know, apparently I'm a peasant cause I love oatmeal, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, there's just, there's just so many things that lead to confusion. And I just mm -hmm. really think that messes with a lot of people's head to where they think there's no way it can be this easy. There's no yeah. way I can eat Doritos and still lose weight and be healthy. You know, like they just have this misconception of what health looks like. You mean I don't have to eat organic? You mean I can eat carbs? You mean, you know, I can do X, Y, and Z? And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's once they, I, I use it all the time. Trust the process. If you trust in me, try it for a month and see how you feel. See for yeah. yourself that this does work, that this is what balanced nutrition looks like. And it will change your life forever. Yeah. It's just difficult to get people who think those things to change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? And sometimes I, I have had to tell newer clients of mine, like, hey, I need you to trust me on this. Mm -hmm. Right? And some do. And then mm -hmm. they, see, they see the improvements, man. Because it, yeah. it literally, like, doesn't have to be complicated, right? It, it's like what you said about carbs is a perfect example. But then you even start hearing people, like, you really start to understand that people don't know anything about physiology or metabolism when they start talking about like specific ingredients yeah. right? or like, oh, it's uh, bread in the U.S. makes you fat. Yeah. But bread in Europe doesn't because right. of the way it's made. Yeah. It's like, OK, let's let's hypothetically say that the stuff that they add does have negative impacts on your health here in the U.S. Right. Let's say it does. Right. It's still not going to impact your weight differently, right? You yeah. know, um, because of energy balance. But it's interesting, yeah. man. How do you talk to people, not charlatans who are just there to troll, but like people who are genuinely uh, like confused or ask a question of like, Zach, how come you're making a, a meal with Doritos? Right? There's mm -hmm. so many ingredients in Doritos. I thought that mm -hmm. was a bad thing. How do you talk to that type of person? Uh, so I've learned over the years. Uh, one thing I like to do is kind of flip the question back on them. Um, you know, mm. something I get all the time is, you know, how are Doritos healthy? Well, number one, I didn't say they're healthy or unhealthy, but yeah. you tell me what you think is inherently unhealthy about this ingredient. And then we can talk about it because a lot of times, like they don't have an answer for that. It's almost always, well, I heard, I heard, yes. I heard. So you're just regurgitating things that you've heard without any actual evidence, because a lot of these charlatans and salespeople they don't provide actual evidence. They love to, they love to use the phrase, well, studies show, well, where are the studies? 
I did not see one study cited in your comments, your post, shared in the video. Yeah. They, any studies they do provide, it's almost always, you know, animal studies or observational, like, and that comes down to individuals not really knowing the difference between yeah. strength of research and how yeah. to analyze proper research. Um, yeah. You know, so I usually try to flip the question back on them. And if they do have an answer, then, you know, we can discuss that and go from there. But typically it's, you know, well, I just, I heard it's bad for you, you yeah. know, and I, I'm, I'm really of the mindset that there are no healthy or unhealthy foods. You know, yeah. I'm not going to instantly become healthy by eating one salad. Just like I won't instantly become unhealthy by eating a serving of chips. Like it's yeah. all about, you know, lifestyle habits over a long period of time. Yeah. You know, I agree with you. I hate using the word. This is a healthy food. This is an unhealthy mm -hmm. food. I, I think unhealthy food I feel stronger about. I do think yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a healthy food. The way I like to explain it is food is food. And mm -hmm. some have more health benefits than others. Yeah. Health promoting. Food benefits. is not inherently bad, right? If you're dying, all food is good for you, right? Yeah. If you, not, I, I shouldn't say the word dying. I should say if you're starving to death, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. All food is going to be good for you. Now, some foods have some functional benefits that other foods don't, right? Mm -hmm. Some foods are more nutrient dense. We can yep. argue that having a lot of uh, sugary beverages is not going to be a good thing, right? Because they don't do much to regulate your hunger. They don't really right. have much nutritional value. There's no fiber. There really aren't any micronutrients in there. Whereas something like an apple, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to have a ton of micronutrients, which are essential. It's going to have fiber. It's going to help with satiety. Mm -hmm. There are just some foods that have more additional benefits. And if you're not consuming, if your diet is mainly made of the foods that don't have those additional benefits, that's just really difficult not to overeat, one, yeah. which is really important. Two, it's also going to be difficult to meet your nutritional needs because yeah. you're likely going to be deficient in something here or there, which is a real issue, right? Like that's also why I don't fully like the, the just the, if it fits your macros approach, right? Because yeah. there are dudes out there just having Pop-Tarts and protein shakes and like, yeah. that's fine. And honestly, most of the people that do that are young. I think mm -hmm. when you're younger, you can get a, away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it's not even because of your metabolism or whatnot. Like you just tend to be a lot more active, mm -hmm. right? I remember when I was 18, I would eat, I had to eat at least, at least 4,000, 5,000 calories per day easily, yeah. but I would lift four or five times a week for an hour and a half. And I would play basketball at least two hours a day. Um, I don't do that anymore because I just don't have the time for, to do it. Right. Yeah. Like, I would love to, I would love to go play basketball for two hours. I love basketball. I would love to spend another two hours in the gym. Uh, but one, I can't recover because my knees uh, suck. <laughs> and two, I just don't have the time. It's not feasible, right? I'm yeah. way more sedentary now. And I probably eat like 30, 40% less calories than I used to when I was way mm -hmm. younger. And I think that's the one thing people don't understand. It's like, listen, eat whatever you want. But if you eat the less nutritious foods, good luck, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then the, the other side of that is like, you don't have to take those things completely out. I think you're a perfect example. Like those who aren't watching, Guys, if you're listening only, if you're listening only, go look up Zach because he's jacked and he has Doritos on a regular basis, right? So like, what is your, what does your personal diet look like? How often would you say you include these foods that people would consider bad? Um, I mean, I would say I eat chips. I'm honestly, man, I'm a chip guy. You know, I, yeah. I love, I love salty foods. I, uh, one of my favorite, like easy snacks is a sandwich with chips on it. But yeah. the amount of chips that I can fit onto a sandwich, I would say, is maybe half a serving of chips. So you're yeah. looking at maybe, you know, 70, 75 calories, depending on the chips. Yeah. 
Um, but I have found some like higher protein chips that I really like to incorporate. Um, cool. And, and, you know, we haven't touched on it, but a lot of times it's not just about honoring those cravings and eating the foods that you prefer because we, we do live in diet culture society where the food industry has kind of catered to a lot of these things. So the food industry has, you know, done a good job of coming out with lower calorie alternatives or higher protein alternatives to, you know, things like chips, desserts, you know, whatever it is. And, um, a lot of times incorporating those foods, if you can find a more nutritious or, you know, nutrient dense option, um, you know, that's great. You know, the quest protein chips, uh, you know, they're yeah. obviously going to be pricier. So buy whatever fits your budget. But, um, you know, I would say I eat chips maybe at least every other day, you know, maybe a serving. Yeah. So I think this is a great topic to talk about. I guess some of these foods aren't available internationally, but for mm -hmm. those here in the U.S., what are some of those like healthier options of non-healthy foods that you like to to eat? Like you just um, mentioned Quest chips. Are yeah, great, I, right? I do like the Quest chips, uh, like uh, the Yasso Greek yogurt bars. It's it's a really good mm -hmm. substitute if you like, you know, something sweet, cold, like ice cream. That's um, Y-A-S-S-O, right? Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, the quest chips, I, I recently found a, a brand of chip. It's actually a plant-based chip. It's like a nacho cheese, uh, like Dorito. Um, okay. I actually like them better than the, the quest chips. Um, it just has a better texture. I, I get them at Sam's club. I think okay. they're called, uh, I, I don't remember the name endurance. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're really good. So, I mean, it just really depends. Like you can literally go into any store nowadays, you know, sometimes it might be in a specialty aisle, but things like ice cream, they have it right there with the rest of the other ice cream. They might have yeah. it in, you know, a little section, but like the Yasso, there's Halo Top. Um, yeah. I know Fairlife had one. I think they're discontinuing their ice cream, but, um, you know, even things like milk, Fairlife has high protein yes. milk now, you know, milk. Was, I was going to bring that up. You know, it's a good protein source in general, but now they have the ultra filtered version where it's lower calorie and higher protein. I love Fairlife. You know, I, exclusively drink Fairlife milk now. Yeah. Same here. I've, I've been drinking, dude, when I was a kid, I would go through a gallon of milk, maybe in two, three days. I yeah. drink a lot of milk. I, I drink less yeah. milk now, but I, I love chocolate milk, dude. I yeah. love chocolate milk. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, regular chocolate milk will be like 300 calories for eight ounces and like six grams of protein. Yep. Fairlife milk is, I think it's 140 calories per serving mm -hmm. and about 12 or 13 grams of protein. Yep. That's fantastic. Plus the calcium that you're getting from milk as well, right? So yep. all of these alter alternatives are great. I think a, a easy hack would be like whatever food you like, um, go on Amazon, search the name of the food, and then put like high protein, right? You yeah. could literally put high protein chips, or you could put like I don't know high fiber because fiber is also incredibly important, right? Yep. Like I love snacking on Quest bars. Um, it's funny because I I just started buying them again after probably like six or seven years of not having them. Because I liked them in college and I just couldn't afford them. So I was like, man, I can't pay $250 for a protein bar. Yeah. That was back in the day when I was like trying to live off like 10 bucks a day. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, man, I'm gonna start having these again. And you know, they have a wide array of different flavors, like uh like blueberry, cookies and cream. It really does feel like you're having a candy bar. And yeah. like, we're not gonna lie, is it as tasty as a Twix or a Snickers? Right. No, it's not as tasty, but it gets the job done. It's sweet, it's tasty, and if you stick with it, your taste buds adjust. Like yeah, that's one thing yeah. people don't understand. Like your taste buds do adjust. And yeah, something it like grows Quest on you. Bar, yeah, something like Quest Bar, what's like twenty grams of protein and mm -hmm. like fourteen grams of fiber. 
that's the one thing I've been trying to focus on more recently. It's like fiber because we Mm -hmm. try to, we like hone in so much on protein and yes, protein is great, but most people don't eat enough fiber from a satiety standpoint. Fiber is great from a health standpoint. Fiber is great, right? So if Mm -hmm. you can just find simple ways to add more fiber and a lot of snacks are looking for ways to increase fiber too, like healthier alternatives, that's going to be such an easy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I think again, it goes back to focusing on, you know, the, the, the big rocks of nutrition Basically. and there's so many people that are afraid of, to, to eat fruits because of the sugar, um, in it. you know, fr- like dude. fruits are extremely good for your overall health. You know, do not be afraid to eat fruits. Not only that, you know what the funny thing is when we look at research and this is longitudinal data, but, um, fruit consumption is associated with lower fasting blood sugar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you're like, oh, it, it boosts, it like increases your glucose or, or blood sugar. Like, yeah, acutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But something you know, something I've uh, kind of touched on that I, um, that I need to talk about more is like nutrient displacement. Right. So when you, when you're eating nothing but cooks, cookies, chips, cake, pies, donuts, whatever it is, like you can still incorporate those foods into your diet. But like you talked about earlier you leave little room for the other things. So you are displacing those other more important nutrients like protein and stuff like that. So focusing on eating more protein, that's why I tell people focus on calories and protein with an added emphasis on fiber. If you focus on those three things and still incorporate the rest of your foods, as long as you are touching on those three things and staying within your allotted goal, like it is impossible to overeat these things that people consider unhealthy, you know, and nutrient displacement goes both ways. You can eat these ultra processed, high calorie foods that have very little nutrients in them. You're going to be displacing the health promoting foods, but it goes the same way. If you are eating more whole foods, you know, nutrient dense, you know, calorie sparse foods, you're going to leave very little room for these other foods. Yeah, totally. It's a, that's a fantastic point. You know, one thing I've heard numerous times from clients, which it's just like a, a funny thing to hear. And this, this is more when I, like at the beginning of us starting to work together, it's like, you know, I, I have my clients focus on their calorie intake, their protein intake. And protein is difficult for people who haven't focused yeah. on eating protein before, mm-hmm. right? And so they'll come short on protein. And when we talk about it, they're like, oh, I ran out of calories. So I didn't hit my protein goal. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> You don't run out of calories. That's why you didn't hit your protein. Like you hit your protein first and foremost, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not like, oh, I ate this meal and it just didn't have enough protein. It's like, no, yeah. no, put the protein on your plate yeah. first. You didn't prioritize protein. Whatever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like the first thing you should put on, on your plate is sufficient protein. Like if you're having three meals, mm-hmm. break up your protein into three. If you're having four meals, break it up into four. Then I usually always like to recommend having some sort of fiber source on there and yeah. then just add whatever else you want. Right. And if you do that, as you mentioned, I'm not going to say it's impossible to overeat because it's you could definitely overeat if you try, you know, but it's going to be way yeah. harder to overeat if you do focus on those things. And yeah, yeah. it's just funny because it's something I hear all the time like, oh, I ran out of calories for my protein. It's like, no, or or a fruit and vegetable goal because I like to give a fruit and veggie goal to my clients too. And they're like, oh, I didn't hit my five servings of fruits and veggies because I ran out of calories. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 start with that. Yeah. You know, I, I did a video a while back on uh, like I get a lot of you know, what's your view on added sugars, added sugars, added sugars. And I tell people again, focus on calories and protein. And I, you know, draw out a little graph. If you are over consuming calories, 
there's a good chance you're, you know, getting into the realm of eating too much added sugar. But if you yeah. are within your allotted calories and a good bulk of those calories come from hitting your protein goal, the carbs and fat are going to work themselves out. It would be really hard. Like I would have to sit down and come up with a very strategic way to eat, you know, in excess added sugar while still staying within my calorie range and hitting my protein goal. Because if you are touching on those two priorities, it's very hard to, you know, overconsume anything else, you know, like you, you can't stay within your calories and eat sufficient protein and build the rest of your diet off of an overabundance of cake because an overabundance of cake would put you over on calories. You know, yeah. it's like, as long as you stay within those two realms, like it's very hard to, that's why I just tell people, don't worry about these little nuances, focus on calories, protein with an added emphasis on fiber. Everything else will work itself out. Yeah. Unless you make your own cake and add whey protein to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got protein cake. I've actually never tried that, but it's probably, it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Have you made anything like that before? Um, I've done like, um, like protein bread, protein bars. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever done like a cake. Uh, one hack I do like for the cake though, is, um, just buying a box of cake and making it instead of like the oil, the eggs and all that stuff. You can add, um, just a can of zero calorie soda. It doesn't matter what it is. Pour that into the cake batter, mix it up. And the cake literally bakes and comes out like a regular Ooh. box cake. Yeah. So you're lowering the overall calories of the actual cake. And then what you can do is you can find ways to incorporate some sort of high protein icing, whether it's mm. mixing, you know, low fat cream cheese with a couple of scoops of protein powder, or, um, I actually just came out with a, um, uh, a blueberry glazed, uh, Hawaiian roll bake where you blend cottage cheese and I add real powdered sugar into it to sweeten it. You know, a lot of people are like, did you use swerve or you know no i use real powdered sugar and it's still you know within the allotted calories and protein and you put that cottage cheese glaze on top and it is absolutely delicious dude dude have you ever considered um coming out with a food product uh i have uh it's just there's a lot that goes into it yeah uh, you know the r d and the, the upfront costs and all that stuff so yeah that's yeah it's it's funny because I used to have the same idea. I, I love cooking. I yeah. love cooking. Um, I just, you know, I don't know why I don't incorporate more of it into my page, honestly. I think I'm just lazy to, like, record videos of me cooking. Because for me, like, this is my setup. I have it set up. I just, like, literally bring my script, press record, and, like, it takes yeah. me no time to do my videos, you know? Yeah. So it's just, like, the idea of making something else. I'm like, oh. and I ha it's funny because I cook stuff all the time. And while I'm cooking, I'm like, this is going to come out so good like yeah. i should make a video on this and then i just never do man but honestly you're inspiring me to maybe make some food videos yeah it's but, a uh, different type of content man like i yeah. when i started out a lot of my content was you know like yours just educational debunking misinformation you know calling people out and i remember i posted a uh, a meal prep video i was like you know what? i love to meal prep let me show you know what uh, a meal prep day looks like for me and that was like one of my best performing videos and people were like oh more of this more of this more of this and slowly over the past couple of years, my content has evolved to, you know, the CEO of affordable meal prep. You know, I, I do low calorie, high protein, but I also put an emphasis on, you know, budget friendly because I, I come from humble beginnings. You know, my my mom struggled raising, you know, me and my brother, and my sister. 
And, um, you know, it was, it was tough for us. So I know that there are people out there struggling. Um, and I just really try to tear down the misconceptions of eating healthy has to be expensive. You know, you you have to shop at whole foods and, you know, organic, this organic, that, and you can't buy process, you know? Um, so my content slowly evolved to where now when I do like an educational video, people are like, man, give me another meal prep. I don't want to see that. (laughs) Hey guys, some of you may not know that I'm the scientific advisor for a supplement company called Outwork Nutrition. I help with the formulation of new products to help ensure that they're effective and backed by science. Unlike many other supplement companies out there, we don't rely on exaggerated claims or flashy marketing tactics. Instead, we let the science speak for itself. We take pride in formulating products that deliver real results, helping you achieve your fitness goals in a meaningful way. If you're in the market for supplements like protein powder, pre-workout, or recovery products, make sure to check us out at outworknutrition.com. And as a thank you for being an avid listener of this podcast, use code Joey for an exclusive discount at checkout. You can find the link to our website down in the description of this podcast episode. Remember, our goal is to empower you with science-backed supplements that truly make a difference. Choose Outwork Nutrition and elevate your fitness to new heights. That's so funny. It's so funny how like, um, yeah, your audience gets used to this type of stuff that you do, right? And when you do something different, it doesn't really do all that well. I've even been noticing myself because I've been doing more of like the debunking style videos because those do well. People watch them. They're entertaining. Um, but then every once in a while I'll repost an old video. That's just an educational video. Mm-hmm. And it's like, people don't really like care about it too much yeah. anymore. And I wonder if it's because I've been doing more of this stuff and people just want to see more of that stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, people follow it for specific reasons. You know, if somebody yeah. started following me, uh, following me for recipes and they mm-hmm. see me talking about, you know, Oh, you know, this, you know, this guy, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I want to, I'm here for the food, man. Like, I don't want to hear you talking. Right. You know? Dude, but re- really, and I, I truly do believe this, like. I think application or applicable content that is very applicable is best. Yeah. Right. Because it's actually helping. Like sometimes I think about the stuff that I do and I'm like, who cares if I debunk this guy? And like, I know for some people it's helpful, right? Cause they used to think this food's bad. Now they understand why yeah. it's not, but it's like, okay, like I'm not actually visually showing you like how to eat healthier or what a meal looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about it more and more and at least incorporating one or like one video a week in that style and not even just like a meal prep, but like, you know, I used to be so against doing the the day of eating videos. Yeah. Because I don't want people to just like mimic what I eat. And just yeah. like, I don't think it's that helpful. But then I've gotten feedback from people that are like, no, it, it's helpful just to even have ideas of like what healthy meals look like and what yeah. balanced nutrition looks like. Right. And so I've been thinking about making videos like that where it's just like, look, this is what I eat on a normal day. Like not counting calories, not worrying about yeah. bullshit. <laughs> and it's overall healthier and just like showing kind of what the meals are. Right. And I think that kind of stuff is, it is super simple to do, but it's also really helpful. I think that's probably, not probably, and I don't want to like um, analyze why you've had the success you've had, but I think that is one of the reasons because it's so applicable and helpful for mm-hmm. for so many people, man. Yeah, um, I, I think the the what I eat in a day, uh, it, it gets a bad rap from a lot of like health coaches and, you know, RDs yeah. and stuff like that. But I, I, I try to see it as, you know, having two sides to the coin. And I know that there are people who go to the extreme and think, well, if I want to look like this lady, I have to eat exactly what she's eating. When, if you look at their overall page, they might be saying, you know, well, the reason I ate this, the reason I ate that, you know, is for, you know, this reason, that reason. And if they just express that this is just 
my preferred way of eating. You don't have to eat this way. But as you can see, I'm, you know, eating within this amount of calories, you know, to fit my lifestyle, my goals. So I think it, I think the overall message behind it, because I, I've done a few and I try to sprinkle in little pieces of helpful information to where uh, I think the last one I did, um, it was a, a paid sponsorship by my fitness pal. But, you know, I, I usually, you know, tell people my fitness pal is a great tracking app. Um, but at the end of the day, I showed myself eating a bowl of cereal because I was craving something late at night. I stayed up late. It was like midnight. And, uh, you know, I ate a bowl of cereal. And just to show that I'm a, I'm a dietitian and I do this for a living and I still eat these types of foods. It's okay to honor your cravings. And I try to teach my my followers that, that honor, honoring your craving, cravings is extremely important, not just for sustainability purposes, but just for your overall health and, and happiness. Yeah. And I've noticed too, like I, you know, when I was younger, I fell into a lot of those different traps, um, especially when I was like in high school or maybe even like early college of like, oh, this food is bad. That food is bad. Let me limit this and like being really restrictive. And like, I wouldn't consider it like disordered eating in any way, but just like, you know, gym bro type stuff where like you can't yeah. avoid these things. And it just like is unnecessary. It's this mental mm-hmm. load that yeah. is completely avoidable right yeah. and i listen i it's difficult because when we talk about these things inevitably people are like well this one person that i know like in this certain circumstance there's always going to be exception to rules right mm-hmm. but for most people if you simply tell yourself that you are allowed to eat whatever the hell you want whenever you want it actually has the opposite effect of like you don't really crave those things as much yeah right because yeah. there isn't this idea of like you can't have it. So you think about it all the time. On top of that, it makes it a lot easier to just have a little bit of it and just mm-hmm. be cool with it. Right. Yeah. Like, um, there's an ice cream place down the road. My wife loves, I, I usually the type of person I am is like, I don't snack. I like, I don't crave snacking, but if, if the snacks there, I want it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so like, if my wife brings home some ice cream, I'm going to want it. Right. Yeah. But I'm cool with just like having a bite or two. Yeah. Why? Because I know I could just have it. Like if I really wanted more, I would just have more. Yeah. Um, it's not like, oh my God, now I see ice cream. Now I really want it because I haven't had it in so long. Honestly, yeah. I, I'll have a bite a couple of times a week because she probably gets it a couple. Right. And it's not that big of a deal. And I think the more important thing to talk about here too that I want to I want to go into um, is people think nutrition is everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And like nutrition is important. Don't get me wrong. Nutrition is important. But how big of a role does physical activity play for you personally in terms of staying healthy, maintaining a good physique? Because, and the reason why I ask this is because I often get asked, like, can I be in shape? I think that is kind of two different conversations. If you are, if your main focus is just to lose weight, you can do that with just diet. It it may be hard with a very, you know, sedentary lifestyle because physical activity goes a long way with, you know, the amount of calories we burn, but Coming from somebody who is, I'm very limited on physical activity as far as how much movement I can do as far as steps, because uh, my cancer history, I have a prosthetic hip and it's Mm. coming up on 15 years to where I'm going to need a revision and a full hip replacement to get rid of the prosthetic. Yeah. So it's, it's been, you know, degrading over the years. It's getting worse as, you know, as I get older and as it gets older. Um, So I, I understand that. Diet 
And what it's, it's very easy to control what goes into our mouth. It's very easy to track calories, you know, the accuracy, that's another conversation, but it's easy to control what goes in. Uh, We have less control of, you know, what our body does with those, you know, those nutrients and how, how much we burn individually. Um, Physical activity obviously plays a, a, a role, but you can absolutely lose weight living a sedentary lifestyle. You know, you see totally. these people on my 600 pound life to where they are physically limited. They, they can't even get up and walk anywhere, but they can yeah. lose weight just by changing the amount of calories they're eating. Now, the other conversation is body composition. If you want to lose weight, but you also want to build muscle, become stronger. I think that physical activity working out for me personally, I don't do it for looks. I do it for my mental health because I know my body and my mental state, when I am out of the gym for an extended period of time, my, my mental health sees an effect, a negative effect. Yeah. So I do it as, as a release, as something I enjoy doing. I, I love the way I feel after a workout. Um, you know, I, I love the pump. I love the feel. Um, I love the, the mental state that it puts me in, you know, when I get a workout done early in the morning and it, and it really just sets the tone for my entire day. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, it's a big leap for a lot of people and it takes time to go from, okay, I have to go work out because I know it's needed to years down the line. I'm doing it because I I love it. I enjoy this. Like, you know, I don't, I don't do it. It started out that way, but I do it for, for this now. Um, you know, so I think physical activity and, and strength training in particular is very important. It, for many reasons, uh, you know, it, for health. Yeah, I you're absolutely right. You can lose weight being sedentary, but it's going to be a, a whole lot harder yeah. to include these foods that we're talking about if you're yeah. sedentary. Yeah. Right. And what you mentioned about body composition is obviously true, right? You need you need to lift weights if you're trying to build muscle and all that stuff. But even from like a different perspective, just general health, right? Like just being physically active helps so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, prioritizing sleep helps yep. so much. What yep. people don't understand is that these things actually can influence the type of foods that you consume too it can influence your hunger and satiety regulation it can Mm -hmm. influence energy expenditure outside of the gym by influencing fatigue and energy levels right Mm -hmm. and so like yes i don't want to discredit the importance of nutrition but people hyper fixate on these little things that we've been talking about yeah and don't even like think about these bigger picture things like oh like maybe let me just have a structured exercise routine right right um, and it's funny because people think exercise burning calories. And yes, exercise burns calories. But there's also really good research now showing that uh, regular exercise can help regulate the concentration of, of specific hunger-related hormones. It can mm-hmm. help uh, improve the sensitivity of leptin, right? And leptin signals satiety, signals the yep. feeling of fullness, right? And it's it's interesting because I, I'm not sure how concrete this evidence is yet because I haven't looked into it deeply recently. But there's a there's there's good data that like people who are overweight or obese may have something called leptin resistance, just like mm-hmm, insulin yeah. resistance. Insulin doesn't function correctly. Leptin doesn't function correctly. So after a meal, perhaps they don't feel as satiated as somebody who is leaner may with the same amount of food because leptin isn't functioning correctly in the brain, right? So it's like if you exercise, you can improve the sensitivity of leptin. Theoretically, you might be able to feel a little bit fuller on a similar amount of food. Mm-hmm. Uh, exercise helps regulate sleep. If you get poor sleep and now you start improving your sleep, there's pr- plenty of evidence showing that sleep helps regulate hunger and satiety, right? Yeah. Sleep deprivation results in increased hunger. Even when people eat the same number of calories, 
it mm-hmm. increases cravings for calorie dense foods, right? It decreases energy expenditure because you're fatigued. Well, you wake up tired. You're not going to be moving right. as much. This isn't intentional exercise. This is just like, you see how, when I'm talking here, how animated I am, I'm energized, right? Yeah. right? If I was yeah. fatigued, I'd be talking like this and yeah. I wouldn't be moving. So I wouldn't be burning calories. Right. Yeah. And it's like all these little things matter. And it's so funny that you mentioned like people avoid carbs and drink alcohol because it's so true. Yeah. People like all organic, all natural, and then they drink, they get shitty yeah. sleep, they don't exercise, yeah. they feel like shit. They're like, man, but I'm eating organic. Why am I not like losing weight? It's like, listen, because I hate the word holistic, but you're not thinking of this from a holistic perspective. Like, yeah, the, the first thing I talk about in the intro of the course that I'm putting together is like one of the main reasons why most weight loss approaches fail is because they they target one thing. Mm-hmm. right they just target one thing and say this one thing is what's causing the outcome mm-hmm. and it's like man like health is so multifaceted yeah right absolutely. like even from like sleep nutrition exercise but then like social circle social environment right uh your at home environment uh yeah. the amount of stress you have how positively or negatively you perceive the relationships with the people that you have around with you right and it's yeah. like even saying that, like, it, it might seem overwhelming for people to think, like, I have to focus on all those things. Yeah. Right. But like, like we said at the beginning of this conversation, like you said at the beginning of this conversation, just starting with the small things, right. Mm-hmm. And slowly improving them will then also have a cascade and improve these other things as well. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> always have to start with nutrition either. I mean, as, as, yeah. as a dietitian, I feel like that is my place and that's my scope. But of course. You know, you know, so I tell people if you're just starting out or you want to know what health looks like, eat within your calorie allotment, prioritize protein and fiber, drink adequate, wa- adequate water, get quality sleep and manage your stress, right? And yeah. live an active lifestyle as active as you can be because everybody's activity level is going to differ. Of course. So if, if it's, if you know that your stress is one of your biggest like downfalls in your life, focus on that first. Because if you are already stressed out from work, family, relationships, you know, all of these things, and you try to incorporate an exercise regimen or a meal prep routine, that could just add another layer of stress that you are not equipped to handle. So if becoming the healthiest version of yourself, if you know that your stress levels are one of your your biggest downfalls focus on that first once you start to you know set boundaries within you in your life you know your inner circle like it's okay to cut your friends out if you know somebody yeah. is is just bringing unneeded stress toxic. into your life you know yeah you have toxic friendships that stress is is such a huge huge thing when it comes to health and um you yeah. know if if focusing on that first is going to be beneficial to you do that first and then when you're ready okay I, I have a little less stress in my life i feel like i'm a, i'm in a better mental state i can start meal prepping i can start going to the gym i can i can yeah. start you know when your cup is full like you don't have any room for anything else you know yeah empty that cup a little bit and and open up yeah it's yeah managing stress is important right and stress can like you mentioned arise in different ways um it's funny because like you mentioned, like stress might be like uh, meal prepping might be an additional stress that the person's not ready to handle at the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that made me think about um, an experience I just had recently with a client where um, just reaching a certain protein target 
was really difficult for this person. And they tend to um, get really fixated with specific targets, mm -hmm. right? And feel stressed and bad about not hitting a particular target. Yeah. Right. And, you know, for most of my clients, I recommend about 0.8 grams of protein per pound. Like, yeah. pretty basic recommendation, right? And we had a conversation and I was like, listen, although this is ideal in an ideal situation, um, the added stress is not worth it. Yeah. I was like, if we drop your protein target by like 20, 30 grams, would that be way easier? And like, would you feel better? And they're like, oh my God, yes, that would help so much. And I was like, all right, then mm -hmm. let's just drop it. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. Is it, you know, is that the best that like, could you argue that a higher protein intake is better? Like, sure. Yeah. But if it's going to reduce some stress and make the whole experience a little bit more enjoyable, by all means, like who cares? Right. And then yeah. maybe once you develop that habit, then you can slowly work on increasing it after that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, dude, we've been ranting for a while, man. Yeah, sure. I think this is a good place to wrap this up, dude. I appreciate you a ton. How about you share with the audience if people want to learn more from you, people want to get your recipes, where can they do so? Uh, I am on pretty much every social media platform, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all at Zach Cohen, Z-A-C-H-C-O-E-N, no H and, and Cohen. I do have a Patreon, but just, you know, check me out on uh, social media first. Try a few of my recipes, and if you know you you enjoy them, you know consider coming over to Patreon. I do also have an amazing Facebook group. It is a private Facebook group. Uh, we're coming up on I think we we might be hitting fifty thousand members today, actually. And, Dude, um, yeah, that's crazy. It, it is an amazing community full of you know the most amazing people all on a journey. Uh, you know, it, it looks different for all of them, and um, you know it, it's an awesome group. Uh, it's called Safe Space Nutrition um on facebook so if you need a, a good Dude, support so system cool, yeah and i think another thing we didn't talk about is a good support system um you know whether it's at home a friend uh even a coach you know somebody to support you on your journey uh it goes a long way and um i, I that's what i love about that group so yeah that's one of the reasons why i've been incorporating more community with my coaching too yeah absolutely like, with my one-on-one -on -one stuff it's like i've been backing away a little bit from like the one-on-one -on -one check-ins every single week, mm -hmm. even though they're helpful, like I feel like building a community is yeah. way more valuable. Mm -hmm. And realistically, at a certain point, somebody doesn't have to check in with you every single week. Yeah. And two, I've been holding more like live Q and A's and all that stuff, and it's it's been great the like the experience of, of learning how to build a community. Yeah. And that's something I, I'm definitely going to focus on more and more in the future. But um, awesome, man! If somebody Google's affordable meal prep, will you pop up? I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the name of your Patreon, correct? Uh, no, the name of my Patreon is just Zach Cohen. So if you just go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Cohen. So, yeah, no, I highly guys, if you're listening, please, please go check it out because so many people ask me like, oh, you have recipes, this and that. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm just, I don't have a recipe book. <laughs> I have friends that do. Um, and I'll send them your way, man. I but dude, thank you for being here. Um, yeah, I'll connect with you me. afterwards. I'm going to shoot you a message because I want to get your number. We should hang out, dude. I yeah, did not for know sure. you were yeah, in my backyard. So. Awesome, brother. Well, have a wonderful day. And again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate All right, you it. Too, man. Thanks, brother. Yeah.